Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, so today I'm here with Scott from Slender. What's up? We were just bonding over our, like, Hapa Eurasian. It's very true. <laughs> so very your true. mom... My mom is Chinese. Yeah. And um, from a providence outside of Hong Kong. And then she's second generation. So she was born here in the United States. And my dad is a mix of the white stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think my, my white side's mainly Danish. Oh. And let's see, Danish, English, and maybe a little bit of Irish. Do you think that has, like, influenced you? Like, do you, or do you, is it just everyone's just super, like, mixed here, so it's doesn't, not anything that stands out to you? You know, I think that it's really interesting because I grew up in Manhattan Beach, which is, like, very predominantly white. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I went to college at UC Irvine, um, I began to realize that, like, hey, I'm kind of, like, like, we're part of, like, the millennials at least, right? Yeah. I fall into, like, the an older millennial, and we're part of this, like, new it's cool to be mixed race kind of deal. Yeah, and it's true. At least I, when I see a Eurasian, I feel some sort of connection. Yeah, I don't know. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and it's really, really awesome. I have a lot of pride with my, like, by being Hapa, being Eurasian. Mm -hmm. And, like, even on my personal Instagram, it says proud Hapa. So <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I have fun with it. It's really dope. Did you grow up with, like, both cultures then? <sighs> Not really because my mom, so I don't speak Chinese. Yeah. I don't speak Mandarin or or Cantonese, but um, my mom like doesn't speak any at all. She's probably ahead of her time in like whitewashing it. Like my mom is so <laughs> ahead of her time. My mom God. is like so white. Like I, you have no idea. And um, but I, I still definitely identify with like being Asian. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love Asian foods. I love interacting with other Asians who are like you know, full Asian and, like, way into their culture and do mm -hmm. speak their language, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like I can relate to them a little bit better, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Than just being full white. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. And, and it's definitely helped me, I guess, in, in other aspects, like making friends, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I like being mixed race, yeah. for sure. I think it's a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> How do you describe yourself back then, like, growing up, like, teenage years? Um... I was an athlete, so that's probably where I what I identify mostly with. Yeah. So I, I wasn't like I, I wasn't really that into music, or I was into listening to music, but not into playing music. Yeah. When I was younger. What was it again? It was track and field. Or, oh, okay. Sorry, soccer was my main sport growing up, and then I also did track and field, and then I went to college for track and field. Yeah. So I went to UC Irvine and I was on the track and field team for a couple years. Yeah. And yeah, no, that was a really cool experience too. Did your parents push you into doing sports or did you just start doing it and then you realized you like excelled way faster than like yeah, other no, kids? Yeah, um, no, I really enjoyed sports. I've always been a competitive person. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like, I mean, what, that's like the most basic and easy way to be competitive when you're younger. So yeah. <laughs> I just kind of naturally fell into it, I guess you could say, you know, mm -hmm. it's cool. What kind of subjects were you into back then? Subjects? School subjects? Yeah. Were you like a math kid or an mm. English kid? My favorite subject is probably history. Yeah? Oh yeah, yeah you're the same as... Yeah, Yeah, we were, uh, we were both political science yeah. majors. 
So, but yeah, I would say history. I, I really liked history and I still like history. Yeah. Learning what about, about like world wars and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's always really interesting to me. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, math, like, math is kind of, it wasn't my thing. I didn't get that Asian, you know. <laughs> I, didn't get the, oh I, didn't get the, I didn't get the mathematics. Yeah. Where do you get your curiosity of history from? Um, probably my dad. Yeah? Yeah, my dad is kind of like, he's not like a, a know-it-all, so to speak, mm -hmm. but he's very self-educated and all. I mean, he went to UCLA and all that kind of stuff. He's a smart guy. Yeah. But he's like constantly like, you know, gathering information oh, from wow. the internet and stuff like that. And he's, he's that kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that can like speak a little bit about any subject. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So Encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, but but it probably started with him, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. What careers are they in? Uh, my parents. Mm -hmm. My dad, um, he was a consultant for Deloitte and Ernst & Young when I was younger. Mm -hmm. He moved into mortgage loans. And then my mom now is a yoga instructor. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Did they push you academically? Um, yeah, they did, but I think at the same time, they, I, it wasn't like tiger mom and dad, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You've heard that term before? Yeah, for sure. It, was, it wasn't like that. It was, uh, they, were, they were pretty easygoing, and, you know, I think that them being easygoing kind of allowed me to find my way into music and being in a creative field, because, you know, it's hard. Like, a lot of these people, like, they have parents that push them, not necessarily, like, Asian culture, but, like, mm -hmm. you know... And even in like an in Indian culture or in, in in Middle Eastern culture, but Americanized here in the United States, like they're like, oh, you got to be a lawyer, you got to be a doctor, you got to go to med school, blah, blah blah, like all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. it's pretty crazy. And I, thankfully, I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. You know, they just wanted me to do well and be happy, right? I think those are the the main two ideas that they wanted me to have from them in order to like go through life. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of what happened. So. Did you do an instrument in high school? Or I played just, cello a little yeah. bit, but then I didn't. So, I mean, because, like, it's weird. So, I'm 29, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, when I was in middle school or elementary school to, high, I guess, the end of high school, DJing wasn't, like, a big thing. There wasn't really electronic music. wasn't a big thing. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, in the 90s and stuff, that's when, like, those really old songs, like, or, like, early 2000s, like, sandstorm and stuff mm -hmm. was like big right but it wasn't a mainstream thing that oh oh there's a car oh my god <laughs> there, was, there wasn't like it wasn't like the internet you could go out there and find new music yeah. every single day from like artists or whatever it was just like a completely different world like you know it's controlled by music labels and yeah. releasing cds and albums that you would listen to yeah. in your walkman you know and so djing wasn't like a, a big thing at all. I think mm -hmm. back then they were probably using just vinyl. Like, yeah. Not even computer software when I was in middle school. Yeah. Do you remember the first CD that you bought? Uh, first CD I bought. I think that it was... There's two first CDs I listened to religiously. Mm -hmm. And one of them was Americana by... Um, oh my god, why am I blanking on the name right now? Oh. What? Why am I blanking out right now? <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, we'll come back to that yeah. one. But um, 
I mean, Slim Shady LP mm -hmm. by Eminem. Yeah. That was like the first one I listened to religiously. I still listen to Eminem oh, like, all the time. So you were like a rap kid from the onset. I mean, not really. I was kind of like an everything kid. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I also, I don't know, I was listening to like Sum 41 and Offspring. That was it, Offspring. Okay. Offspring Americana. I listened to that shit all the time. But, um,. But yeah, now I listened to, I had like a hardcore phase because like hardcore music and metalcore music was yeah. big in the South Bay because a lot of the bands like, mm. like Avenged Sevenfold and these guys were like coming out of Orange County. So um, yeah, I mean it was, I listened to everything. I wouldn't say that like I specifically listened to one genre, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm glad that I, I listened to all that kind of music because yeah. you know, all those different kinds of music it not only influences our sound and like the music we put out but also like every dj that you know what i mean they all grew up on the same stuff yeah so it's really cool so back then you would never real uh, think that you would have a career in music like it wasn't it just wasn't even on your radar not really no yeah. not really i feel like if you asked me before i started djing what i thought i was going to be mm -hmm. i was well first i was thinking about becoming a firefighter i thought that was really cool oh but, yeah um it was mainly i would probably say that i was i was interested in just going into business you know what i mean mm -hmm. like in by business i mean like i mean before the djing thing took off i did executive recruiting for software startups in the bay area oh, for two years so that yeah. was and that was really cool like i was really happy doing that and it was good money and it was it was like the the tech industry you know what i mean it moves really fast mm -hmm. it's always consistently changing and or constantly changing and it's dope yeah yeah it's really cool so what made you want to study political science <sighs> let's see poli sci i don't know okay here's the thing so when <laughs> i when i went when i was a whatever a freshman sophomore mm -hmm. there it was not uncommon to have not picked your major yet. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. And so I took this class and basically like this class was for people who were undecided and declared like I was. And I was like, the first slide in this whole course or whatever was like a statistic, like a really low percentage, like 10 or 20% of people actually find a career in their like whatever they majored in at, right. at school yeah, right yeah. so i was like okay well cool if i i mean even if i like political science right yeah. that's a degree that like i could yeah. use i can i can pretty much apply to anywhere yeah in, in a business setting right which is what my main focus was because they didn't have like a business undergrad program oh. at uc irvine they um they had like a business grad school Paul garage yeah. but they didn't have an undergrad program so i was like all right whatever i'll do political science mm -hmm. and it was cool I'm glad I did poli sci and it was, I mean, it's still applicable today. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I can always like look at the crazy shit going on with like yeah. our last presidential election and stuff and like know a little bit more about it or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, that's how I kind of fell into that. I wasn't like, I was, I was like, oh fuck, I want to be a politician. Yeah. I didn't want to be a politician. No mm -hmm. way. So you but, loved all your courses then? Yeah. Damn, that's cool. It was cool though. Was college something that you wanted to do yourself, or did your parents push you to do it? Um, it was, I guess you could say, it was something I wanted to do myself, but mm -hmm. I grew up in an area, I mean, these houses that were walking by and shit, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're, when you grow up in an area like this, you're kind of, it's not like social pressure to go to college, so to mm -hmm. speak, but I feel like if you're a normal kid, yeah, you 
want to go to college, mm-hmm. right? I think that's that's the kind of the best answer I could give you. It's not necessarily yeah. like I was pushed to go to college because I'm sure if I didn't want to go to college, my parents would have been like okay with it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I wanted to go to college because that's what mm-hmm. you know that's what what going to school yeah. is kind of designed for in a way now in our society today and. Like, yeah, I mean, you go to high, you go to elementary school, go to middle school, go to high school, and then, like, you go to college. That's the next step. Yeah. And all your other friends are doing it, too, so. And you get to live by yourself, and I don't know. It's, college is a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I wanted to, like, necessarily miss out on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For track and field, what did you specialize in in college? I was a long jumper. Mm-hmm. And then I did sprinting, too. Wow. <laughs> but ma- mainly long jump, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mainly long jump. My PR was, like, between 23 and 24 feet. Damn. So it's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. Did, was it stressful, like, balancing that and schoolwork? It was, and I think that one of the reasons why I didn't do track and field for four years or five years or whatever, like a lot of people do in the sports that when they're, at, they're, at college, and they're in college mm-hmm. or whatever, is because... Like, it got to a point where, like, I was I was pretty decent. With a mark like that, I was pretty good in, in, for Division One AAA, mm-hmm. which is the division that we were in, which is Division One without a football team. Damn, yeah. Um, that's, like, your school does not have a football team or whatever. Uh, but, like, I just remember, ju- like, my sophomore year, it was a junior. It was sophomore year. Sophomore year, I jumped against this guy who just looked like Chris Brown on steroids. Like, <laughs> oh perfect God. athletic body. This guy is, like, 6'5". <laughs> And he just like shatters my oh PR. My gosh. Yeah, he jumps like twenty over twenty six feet. So he just demolishes everyone else at this <laughs> meet. And, and I was just like, you know, what I mean, like the only thing after, tr- like after college track and field is the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the only thing. Like if mm-hmm. in football, there's the NFL and baseball. There's minor leagues and major leagues. Like yeah. how everything's set up or whatever. But in and for track and field, there's the Olympics. That's it. And this dude is an Olympian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not an Olympian. And, like, yeah, it was really awesome. Like, it helped me get into school. And, like, I had a great time and great experience or whatever. But I'm not going to be an Olympian like that guy is. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Because shortly after I quit the track team, and there was, like, some other bullshit, like, political bullshit going on with the mm-hmm. track team at the time. But, I mean, it was cool because, like, shortly after that was when, um, shortly after that was when I met Derek. Mm. And that's when that surge of electronic music was really starting to hit Los Angeles. And, like, I, I mean, if I didn't release track and field and all the time and energy that took, I don't know if, like, I could have done the music stuff as easily as, as it came together, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. How did music start getting, like, a bigger part of your life? Did you just keep, like, DJing and seeing, like, the success and getting jobs? <sighs> I mean, or? kind of, but, like... So Derek and I came up as DJs, right? We were mm-hmm. DJs first. We were not producers at all. Yeah. So at the time, like, we were pretty much, like, just DJing whatever music we thought was cool at the time. So it started out as trance, and then it ended up going into, like, house music when Progressive House started getting really big mm-hmm. with, you know, Sweet House Mafia and Avicii and all those guys. And, um... We, we mainly just did it so that, our, you know, we can enjoy it with our friends in a way. Because in Orange County, there wasn't, like, you know, super spots where, like, there's electronic music playing all the time. Yeah. 
So we would get booked for gigs because we could bring out like a solid amount of people in the Greek system. So like guys from our fraternity, girls from other sororities, mm -hmm. and like and just have a good time doing it. And so did you get pretty? It was like a then? grind. Uh, we did. I would like say just like just in the college scene, like people knew you as like I think DJs so. on I mean, campus. It, in the local Orange County scene, mm -hmm. we at, before like our music took off with the We Like to Party edit. So I would say in the two and a half years that we built there and just did shows in Orange County, I think most of the people had like who were into electronic music, yeah, would have recognized us. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah, it was cool. We, How was, did you take the leap to do it full time? Were you just like getting so many? bookings or did you want to like put is, yourself into it first basically what happened was um after our music started getting out there whatever and one of the big moments is carnage playing at a coachella he played our we like to party edit oh yeah that was like and, and dj snake was playing it like a lot of people were playing that edit and so our agent ben hogan reached out to us back then and we like another manager we had just talked to Who's that? Who's Will Runzel? He's our manager now, or one of our managers now. And basically, like everything came together. Like, oh shit, we can start touring. Mm -hmm. So um, Derek at the time like was working for his family company. Yeah. And um, he was, and he was the one that went to Icon first. So he was making most of the music. So mm -hmm. basically, came to this thing where it was like, all right, well we're getting like, you know, two shows every weekend, which is like yeah. pretty solid touring, right? Yeah. And so we can kind of like do this full time. So Derek quit his job first. I still worked at my job because I had a lot of leniency and a lot of autonomy with like my time and everything oh, like that. Oh, that's cool, yeah. And I did it for a little bit, but then we pretty much just did DJing full time after that. Yeah. And it was really cool. How would you say your sound has changed from the first songs that you put together compared to now? Man, that's crazy. Um, you know what's weird is like I go back and listen to our songs from like a while ago. Mm -hmm. They're not complex from a writing standpoint. Yeah, you know I mean a mm -hmm. lot of our early shit were edits that we made of other songs that were like complete songs. Some of them we even just side chained out like the house kick on it and then put our trap drums under it. But the cool thing about it is like the emotions there, you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of a lot of kids these days who are like trying to make it as DJs or producers or whatever, their music sounds really good from like, like sonically, mm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's missing like the emotional aspect and I think yeah. that's like a really important thing to identify like, it's cool if your song sounds like Skrillex, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't give you the same emotion as a Skrillex song, mm -hmm. then at the end of the day it's just a song that sounds like Skrillex. Was that something you were always conscious about? like putting yourself, your personality through your songs or was it just like later on? Um, I think, it, you know, Derek, who took the lead on a lot of like the earlier stuff, mm -hmm. he's a very type of like in touch with his emotions person. Mm. I think that really helped out a lot of our early music. Because yeah. where our, music, our early music was lacking in a technical aspect, mm -hmm. we had filling in like or, or that void was filled in by like like good emotion you know what I mean mm -hmm. how does a song make you feel yeah that's that's kind of like I think one of the things that a lot of music's mm -hmm. missing right now mm -hmm. um, were but, there certain themes that you tried to portray yeah I mean our whole thing was like because we were in trap music right mm -hmm. like that's like where we started or whatever yeah. we make like everything now like dubstep whatever but I think that 
you know, trap music at the time, there was only one emotion, and that was, like, the turn-up emotion. Yeah. <laughs> and we started, we, we got into electronic music by going to, like, trance shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we were missing that feeling that trance shows give you, which is, which is like, that, you know, that super feel-good emotion, like, where you want to cry, like, tears of joy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, we want to make people cry at the trap show. Oh my god. That was like, which is a really weird concept at the yeah. time, but that was kind of like our thing. It was like, we just want to make people cry at the trap show. Yeah. And so that is kind of like where that, like the emotion that we tried to like put in our original music, mm-hmm. we always ask that question. Does yeah. it make you cry or does it not make you cry? Yeah. And like a lot of our like music now, you can probably tell if you like look back at it or whatever, but a lot of the collabs are like our harder tracks, but most of our original stuff is more emotional music. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, you know, where we try to bridge the gap or whatever, because our live set is very, like, you know, we play a lot of hard, harder music mm. in the beginning of it. Yeah. And then we play like, we you know, it's like a tear down, build up kind of mentality, like the US Marines use and stuff, or the army. Yeah. Where we like, we give them all, like, we hit, keep killing them with all the hard stuff. And then at the very end, we give them like that really nice emotional stuff to kind of like, bring them back up so they leave the show feeling really cool you know mm-hmm. how yeah. do you think you've grown as a person since when you started huh man that's a I mean that's a pretty crazy question <laughs> you know I feel like I personally am someone like I could have done many different things in life in mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I'm just kind of that kind of person I feel like if you set your mind to doing one specific thing like, you can definitely get there, and I'm living proof of that, and so is Derek in a way, too. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I, I don't know, I just feel like I'm not necessarily, like, a nicer person or a meaner person mm-hmm. or anything like that. I feel like I've just grown in a way that's, like, I've become more mature and, like, learned to do things differently to, like, cater towards my career mm-hmm. and yeah. the friends and family that I've met in this career that I wouldn't have necessarily met in a, in another career like my recruiting one. You know what I mean? Like, True, they're yeah. completely different worlds. Yeah. And I think that, like, you know, that's kind of the main thing is that the, the people that you meet that kind of have influence you and, and, and let you grow, like, a certain way or, or whatever. But I'd be probably a lot different if I stayed with the recruiting mm. thing because it's just a way different – I'm interacting yeah. with – way different people on a daily basis yeah you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean but I'm probably very similar in personality as I would be in in any growth Mm -hmm. direction it's just like I'm just who I am now because of music yeah or the music last question yeah last question what do you want to be remembered for what do I want to be remembered for probably just someone that you know, I mean, even if it's just one person out there, but if they're like the best concert I ever went to mm-hmm. was seeing Slander at EDC or something like that. Yeah. Like that's enough for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Giving people good music that like really touches them. Like people who come up to us and their first dance at their wedding was Love Again or something like that or Super Yeah, human. that'd be so yeah, like, cool. We, like we get that a lot and like Damn. That, that's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? That yeah. means that we touch someone so much that like one of the biggest moments of their whole life which is like their wedding like they're gonna play one of our songs like that's enough for me yeah i mean i'm not i'm not like 
a vain person or I don't need too much to be happy. Yeah. And I'm okay with like, with, with already how we've been remembered. I don't need to be the biggest DJ ever mm -hmm. in my whole life to be happy with like the career. Yeah. It'd be nice to do that. And that's what Derek and I are trying to do. You know what I mean? With like the music that we're releasing and with, like definitely we want to keep building or whatever, but it's not like I, I don't need for my ego to be like, you know, bigger than Tiesto. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day when I die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It'd that's be nice awesome. to be bigger than yeah. Tiesto, but I don't need that for like uh, like written on my grave or something. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so <laughs> yeah, much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.